Good evening and welcome to another episode of The Unstoppable Overcomers and I'm your host Dorothy O'Dell for this evening. I really want to give a shout out and thank you to our sponsor of tonight's show, which is Left Foot Coach, an innovative entrepreneurial venture partner that will take your income and self-expression to the next level. With his established five-part methodology, the Left Foot Coach can help you build a solid foundation for success and expand your full potential. As a venture part growth coach, the Left Foot Coach is dedicated to partnering with you and your established business to help you grow your income and achieve your goals. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a professional looking to take your career to the next level, Level, the Left Foot Coach can provide you with support, guidance, and resources you need to succeed. If you're ready to unlock your full potential, then definitely schedule your free 30-minute consultation with Christian today. Uh, again, to do that, you just go to this link right here that I'm putting in the comments right now and uh, schedule your free 30 minute consultation. Trust me, as a client who's experienced his growth interventions already, you won't regret it. With that, I have the distinct pleasure of bringing to the screen in one second here, I'll give him a moment to finish what he's doing back there. <laughs> um, Mike, <laughs> how are you today? <laughs> hello, and hello to your listeners and viewers out there. <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh i'm laughing because i know what he's doing back there he's he's protecting his voice and i love that he, he just taught me something new before we went live so mike welcome to the show and for those of us or those viewers that have no idea who you are or what you do share a little bit about who you are well uh thank you so much for having me and this is going to be a really really special episode i think and I am a mental health speaker. I spend most of my time running my mouth about mental health and talking about transforming stigma and finding peace in times of uncertainty. I'm also an author of, I think, about eight books now. And um, my company, Mike Feeney Inc., which I just want to say for the record, when I filled out the incorporation form, I couldn't come up with a cool name. So I was like, let me just put my name because no one's ever going to know about the company name. And I just kept it, Mike Feeney Inc. And what we do is we have trainings uh, throughout the world on workplace languages. And so I am all about spreading the gift of emotional wellness to people because it's so important and so needed right now. Absolutely. And I love that you do that because I'm a, not only a mental health advocate, we advocate for uh, the military as well, which with the whole mental health thing there, uh, you know, is exponential. So Mike, what I need to uh, share with you, there could be some trigger warnings across the, across this episode. Uh, you know, if you are in the mental health space and, um, you know, struggling, um, definitely stay tuned because I mean, I know Mike's going to share some amazing, amazing stuff, uh, but it could be a trigger warning for somebody. So I'm just putting that disclosure out there, but yes, go check out Mike at MikeVinney.com. Perfect. I love that. And go check out your eight book, his eight books. <laughs> and he's got, a, he's speaking tomorrow uh, as well. So I mean, seriously, check this guy out. So what made you decide to get into the mental health space? Oh, Dorothy, I was forced into it. Um, you know, I don't think anyone wakes up as a kid and goes, oh, I want to speak about mental health. I had been struggling with mental health for my entire life. And when we talk about mental health, I just want to say this for the record, what we're talking about here. So we're clear. Mm -hmm. We're talking about three things, thoughts, 
feelings, and behavior. If any one of those is having a challenge, you've got a mental health challenge. And for most of us, what's interesting about that, you can't see someone's thoughts, or at least not yet, right? We don't have the technology yet. Um, we like to think we can perceive each other's feelings, especially with emojis, but you can absolutely observe someone's behavior. And my journey began with behavior, where I was acting out as a child, and um, that led to me getting expelled from three schools, uh, hospitalized in a mental hospital three times, um, trigger warning. I'm going to talk about something sensitive, several suicide attempts. And so that was a thing for me that um, I had to struggle with throughout my life. And at such a young age to go through that too. So definitely an overcomer that we're talking to today, because now you're out here sharing your the good news with everybody else. Uh, and I say it's good news because it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, a there's still a stigma around mental health. Uh, no, I, I don't care who you are. There's still people that are not willing to talk about it. And, and I think it's, you know, once you open up about it, then people see you differently. Um, some people, not everybody. Um, you know, and I just want to put that out there as well, because as somebody who has actually lost his uncle to suicide, uh, you know, I know what it feels like to be on the other end thinking, OK, what could I have done better? What could I have done differently? You know, why couldn't I save him? Uh, still 24 years later, you know, it's still like, you know, I I, I don't blame myself now, but I, I always think, you know, what could we have done differently? Um, and he would still be here. But that was his path just and so um you know and that's why we're here speaking about it today because i mean i and at such a young age like i can't believe well i guess i can believe it but that is you know eye-opening for to hear that children struggle with mental health that to that capacity as well so um did tell us how like did were your parents really receptive to getting you help or well, you know, this is how oh, you, you brought up so much here. There is a stigma surrounding it. And even though we've gotten better, I mean, we're talking about it more and more. You see ads everywhere throughout the world and cultures where they never used to talk about it. But the thing is, we're still not having deep enough conversations about what it is. And the reason for it, by the way, the word stigma means mark of shame, just to all of you out there. There's a shame that comes with it. And there are two reasons for the shame, in my opinion. This is not based on fact, this is just research and me putting some things together in my head. One is that mental health challenges are confusing, complex, and frustrating. You can't just put it in a box. It's like, you know, my car, I have a little smart car, a little red car. It looks like a little death trap, they say, because it's like super tiny. I, I call it the little tykes car for adults because my parents never got me the little tykes car. So driving my smart car with my shih tzu in it, and I don't know, something happened with the muffler or something. It was making a sound where this little dog is looking at me like, this is not good. And so I had to drive it in to a mechanic on Sunday in New York City. I had to find one. Finally found one. And he puts it up on the whatever the thing is they put the car up on. And an hour later, he comes back to me. He goes, I've been looking for an hour. I can't figure out what's wrong. And I'm like, seriously? Like, frustrated. That response is how we think of mental health. We want it fixed, whatever it is that's going on. And mental health doesn't work that way. It, it's not a, you can just, you know, do something and fix it. No, it's something that you learn to manage over time in layers. 
And it's a very rocky process that's up and down. In addition, you know, uh, if you and I were in school together, I could totally see that actually. And like, <laughs> I got, we would be the cool kids. <laughs> well, you know, this is interesting because we'd be the cool kids. But if we were in a group of people, you and I would definitely be the weird kids, right? We'd be the weird kids. Everyone be like, okay, I was the weird kid. Right. I didn't yeah, have friends. <laughs> well, the thing is, in life, nobody wants to be the weird one now because we associate that as a problem. And we figure out who the weird one is starting in kindergarten, actually. They call each other weird on the playground because they're figuring out who's in the group and who isn't. That's another reason for the stigma. We still carry that with us. No one wants to feel like the weird one. So with that, as a child, going back to your other question, um, my parents didn't know what to do. They wanted help for me, but they didn't really want to tell anybody about it, but they worked hard behind the scenes to try to get me help, but it was a very frustrating process. Right. You know, as I think about my mental health journey, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's like good times, bad times, in and out. You know, you, you get to a certain point and then you're like, oh, you think you have it licked. Right. And then, boom, there it is again. Then you're, then you're like, oh, shit, like I'm having a bad day, but you don't want to say it's a bad day. And how do you describe it to your spouse that has no idea? You know, and so finally communicating to him and saying, listen, today's just not a good day. There's nothing that you did. I just don't want to talk to anybody today. So leave me alone for a little bit. And then, you know, when I when I can process what's going through my head, then we'll come back. Um, but I, I know you you had something there. You went like, ah, so what what have you got to say about that? <laughs> well, you, you know, our, our company's mission is to support people in discovering the gift of emotional wellness. That's our mission. Now, I want to say something about the mission because, you know, mission statement can look cute on a wall. But when I see our company's mission, I get angry. I get mad because I know what it's like to really struggle with my emotions. I used to think my emotions were a liability. I battle with something called emotional dysregulation where they are just unregulated. But what I've learned is that it's actually a gift and a strength to have different emotions and learning to show up for all emotions is emotional wellness. So, for example, to be very transparent with you, uh, I lost a family member last week. And I've been going through some grief with that. And grief is heavy. It lingers. Fortunately, to do all the work that I've been doing, I have some better tools on how to deal with it. If I didn't have these tools, I would have ended up in a big depression. I don't know if I would have even been able to make it on this show tonight. But I was able to sit with those feelings and allow them to be there not make them go away. They don't need to go away just because I don't like them. And part of the lessons that I continue to learn with mental health is that anxiety isn't the problem. It's that I want the anxiety to go away. I want to control it. But when I've learned to give those uncomfortable feelings space to just be there, anger has actually become my favorite emotion. It's become the most useful emotion I think you can have, actually. And people get scared. I saw the look on your face when I said that. Okay, to everyone listening, disclaimer. I'm not saying hostility and violence are a good thing. Those are behaviors. No, we don't do those. Anger is an emotion. In and of itself, anger, and I learned this from John Terrell, a therapist who has consulted with me on this, who specializes in difficult emotions. Anger is when you have an external expression of power because you feel like your power was taken away. So let's just say you keep taking my sandwich at work. Well, that's my lunch, right? So I decide I've had enough after three times of this. And I come into your office and I say, Dorothy, I explode on you in anger. Stop taking my sandwich. What I'm actually doing is taking my power back. I don't realize I'm trying to take my power back and show you. 
Anger is the great protector. When we learn how to sit with it and work with it, it becomes passion, decisiveness, and successful leadership. But most people don't get to that point. They just you know, see it as a liability, which for many years, I thought I just had anger management issues. Again, it's now become my favorite emotion. And the reason why you saw that expression on my face, friend, is because I have been dealing with my anger to the point where like everybody's like, why do you get so angry? You know, and but I've had some people say that anger is a good emotion and some people say, no, no, that's, it's a bad emotion. So people are telling me the ones that were telling me, Oh no, it's not good. And then I felt something was even more wrong with me because my first emotion was always anger. Like, and, and now I've learned to even like that. A lot of things that used to get me angry before no longer do because I've worked through some stuff. And so therefore, like, I don't have that, right? Like I have the tools, like you said, I have different tools in my toolbox to go to instead of just getting angrier. So when you said that, I was like, wait a minute, I've been working on myself heavily for the last 10 years, getting rid of that anger. Now you're telling me it's a healthy emotion. <laughs> well, well, it's a healthy emotion because it's, it's a protector. You know, if you, let's just say uh, we, we're using StreamYard right now. And let's just say for some reason it's it lately, it's not been working well you're going to get angry. That's a, that's a reasonable thing because you're trying to protect your show. You're trying to protect your, your, your viewers and your listeners. But you know, one of my favorite examples of anger is a character known as the Incredible Hulk, Marvel Comics. And if you think about how the Hulk is um, usually in um, positioned, his fists are like this and he's hunched over and his feet are big and he stops. And if you think about a child for a moment, a child gets angry, maybe a little 10 year old gets mad, they start stomping their feet. Think about what they're doing. They're putting their foot down. They don't realize it. They're putting their foot down because they've had enough. They're saying enough. No. So anger shows you what your no is if you're willing to work with it and dig into it. Absolutely. Kenny here says anger sometimes allows you to pursue your goals faster. 100%. Ken, Ken, thank you for saying that. It really does. I mean, think about all the athletes that use anger on the field and stuff like that. Mm hmm. I yes, exactly. You know, and it's funny because we've been associating ourselves with different sports figures and that over the over the last year. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how do these guys think? How do these guys feel? How do these guys play? And how do these guys like get to where they're at? Right. In, in life, because number one, well, they're physically fit. So how, how do you and how do they have that mental toughness to allow themselves? OK, so. Obviously, when they're in training, say football's, football season's coming up in less than my husband would know exactly how many weeks, 12 weeks. We'll say 12 weeks football starts. So, you know, they're already starting to get back into shape for the season, right? So what is the mental toughness they need to get through that in order to, like, get rid of those cravings of chocolate that everybody wants, but they know they can't have during season? So, and I'm thinking to myself, especially lately, because I'm, I'm on this new journey for the next 75 days really putting everything i have into making this vessel here completely different than what it is right now and so i need mental toughness number one like i could then steal with some of this shit that i've been through and i get it but uh honestly now the next thing right now this let's apply it to health uh and not just mental health but i'm like so that opened up a whole a whole new thing so i love that you said that yeah, well, with that, I just want to share this. There's a book called uh, something about alter ego, and it talks about like Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson would uh, reference the character Jason from Friday the Thirteenth before he would get out on the field. Yeah, 
he would reference Jason and go out and do his thing. Another example of, in this book that's wonderful is uh, um, there was these two gospel uh, singers as children. They're um, two women. Their dad would say, OK, we're going to go to a club and sing. And they were uncomfortable with it. And one of them was so uncomfortable with it to deal with her anxiety. She created an alter ego called Sasha Fierce. And she is who we know as Beyonce now. And one of her albums is I Am Sasha Fierce. And the reason she created that album is because she realized she need, she was ready to shed that alter ego because, you know, she's ready to step into her own. So, you know, using those difficult emotions to your advantage is a beautiful thing, but it, it's a process. You know, it's not something. So if you're listening or watching right now and you're like, okay, I struggle with anger issues. How are you telling me this is a good thing? I'm constantly getting in trouble for it. It's a process. And it takes working with a therapist or counselor, which is very important to help you through that. It's not something you can do on your own. I want to say this too. When it comes to mental health, one of the powerful lessons that I've learned is that when you're stuck in here, you can't do it yourself. We're in a world that likes to do it yourself. You can't doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're a person and you need some help. And it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I, I love that you said that because I mean, every step along the way, I've either had a coach, a mentor, or a tribe of people around me to help me pull me into the next level. Right. Um, and, and I love that you said that. And is that something that your, um, that your business does? Do they, do you help co coach people through those areas in life? Um, absolutely. We have a lot of training around it. And uh, for example, we have a course coming out called the Anger Makeover, which talks about how your anger needs a makeover. It's not a bad thing. It actually goes into this. And what's what's been the greatest thing about working on this course, I have a whole team and, and I'm the hold up, by the way. I'm the hold up because I keep going through the material and pausing it because I have to sit through some stuff myself. <laughs> so it's actually, I'm going to be filming it, but it's taking a while because it's helping me. But even grief, let's let's talk about another one. Grief is, is heavy and intense. And for anyone out there who is going through grief right now, my heart goes out to you because there's nothing that, you know, you can just say to someone to take away grief. And grief, when you don't deal with it, can become depression. If you got depression, it's going to make it worse. But when you learn to actually sit through the discomfort of grief, heavy pain, over time, it slowly transforms into joy if you're willing to do the work. Most people want to avoid that. It's like, okay, I don't want to deal with these feelings. I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Embrace them. So th this is something that, you know, going back to my childhood, I wish someone would have taught me to sit with my feelings. I don't think I would have struggled like I did. Right. So, yes, if you're a parent right now listening and you your child is acting out, uh, you really don't know what what's going on with your child um and they don't know how to tell you because you know depending on their age they might not even know what's going on uh they just know that they either they're angry or they're you know sad or or something like that just allowing them to talk about it i i we all want to be heard everybody i've done a hundred and what 180 episodes and everybody just wants to be heard and uh, what do you what do you say to that, Mike? I I agree with you. And um, actually, side note for a second here. So I'm actually in my co-working space in New York uh, City doing this recording. And as we're doing this literally right now, I'm in a glass booth, but someone's vacuuming. <laughs> this is great. This is ladies and gentlemen watching, this is a real moment right here. So at first, like I was actually putting the thing on mute, and I'm like, oh my God, they're 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 vacuuming right now. So I felt like my frustration come up and wait for a message to come from you saying, Mike, was that stuff in the background? But you know what? 
it actually just forced me to focus even more on what we're doing right here. So there was an example of me using it, but people also need to feel seen and see others. And one of the hardest things that I've ever learned to do, and I'm just going to warn everyone, this, this actually might be triggering, even though it seems very simple, is by in your everyday life, taking a moment to look into someone's eyes and see their humanity just for a few seconds and allow yourself to be seen. I've met adults that tell me they think it's too much, but it's one of the greatest things you can do for your mental health and wellness. In a virtual world, it actually applies. So you and I are having this virtual conversation. It's kind of like FaceTime. How does that work? Well, actually, I'm taking moments to look into the camera like right now. And it might feel, if you're watching this, like I'm looking at you right in the eyes. And I'm imagining doing that. Now, you don't want to, like, be creepy and just, like, stare the whole time like that. Like, that's weird. Like, don't be weird. <laughs> but, but allow that. And for a person who's visually impaired, you see them by being present with them. And you allow yourself to be seen by being vulnerable with them. And I think when it comes to this whole mental health conversation, yes, being heard is important, but also just feeling seen whatever that means and seeing others. So I challenge all of you listening or watching to start doing that. I love that you said that. I love that you said that. And a lot of us want to be like baby. Don't put baby in the corner. Remember Dan Dirty Dancing? Anybody who hasn't seen that movie, you got to watch it. It's an oldie but a goodie. Yes, I'm, da I'm dating myself here. I am, I'm sh showing my age. I just turned 47. Uh, so, but I'm loving it. And I can't hear the vacuum. So you're good, Mike. Don't don't freak out. Don't have a worry. Uh, <laughs> and, well, and I'm hard of hearing, but I, I have my earbuds in and I can't hear you or I can't hear the vacuum. But um, anyways, I, I love that you said that. And I know you you come back to emotional wellness um, and self-care. Uh, you Like you said, you just came back from Jamaica. I, I love that. I got an email from him saying, oh, yeah, I took a well, well-deserved break. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's that's great and everything and and you know I and I love that I'm like but are we still on for time? <laughs> was my first thought I'm like good for you but what does this mean and but no and and taking those vacations and taking those time out like last week I hardly did anything in my office it was my birthday week and so I was just like nope I'm gonna spend more time with my husband uh, things like that and so I love that you said more about you know, self-care and, and things like that. Yes. And happy belated birthday. Thank you. That. Self-care. Let me, let me explain to you my perspective on it as I've had to learn it. Self-care is not some magical thing that no one has time for. A lot of people, you think self-care, you think massages, Jamaica, whatever it is to you. Self-care is anything that you do for your health when you're not in the presence of a medical professional. If you washed your hands today, you did self-care. If you brushed your teeth, you did self-care. That's And once you start thinking of it like that, we're all doing it all the time, but it's important to be intentional about certain things, especially when it comes to mental health and wellness. There are three types of self-care. There's self-care we do for daily living. So I compare it to a house. Like when I got my house, I learned that you have to like sweep and do the dishes every day and stuff like that, laundry, right? That's self-care for daily living, whatever that is for you. Then there's self-care for coping. This house is in the Hudson Valley of New York. Lots of storms and stuff like that. So the house came with this device called a generator. And I had to learn to use this thing. I had instructions for how to use it in case the power goes out. So I knew how to cope with that. There are things in your life that you know might be coming up. A deadline, a busy week, a season at work, dealing with a certain family member. 
where you're going to have to have tools that you prepare in advance to cope. That's self-care mm -hmm. for coping. And finally, there's self-care for healing. God forbid a tree hits the house. You got to bring in the pros. And if you experience trauma, you can't do anything yourself there. You're going to have to bring in the pros to help you. So it's really important to understand that when it comes to self-care, but also understand the difference between self-care and escape activities. I was um, speaking at a conference years ago, 1,500 people, a self-care conference. And I was super excited that they hired me to be the speaker. About 25% of the audience was like my client or friend. And um, I got to do my speech and I got up and I said, ladies and gentlemen, I've given you the Mike Vini self-care assessment and I have the results. And these poor people, they start looking around like, wait, what, what assessment? And I kind of did an assessment that they didn't realize. 1,500 people at a self-care conference. The morning before my presentation, I went to the gym to work out. There were a total of three people in the gym. The night before at the bar, there were about 300. The reason I brought that up is to illustrate that there's a difference between self-care and escape activities. There's nothing wrong with escape activities. They allow you to escape your thoughts and emotions. I love Vegas. If you want to go, go to Vegas, you call me. I'm your person for that. We, we can escape together. But calling that self-care becomes problematic. If you need to have a whole bottle of wine with a friend once in a while, fine. But if you start calling that self-care, that becomes problematic. So it's important that you're honest with yourself about what you're doing for a particular activity. I love that you said that. I absolutely do. Um, because it is, you know, imperative that people see the difference in that, you know, um, having a couple drinks with friends, going to Vegas, that's one thing, but sitting there drinking a whole bottle of wine by yourself or, or with a friend every night is, is could be problematic. I absolutely love that you dif differentiated between the two. Yeah, it's just about honesty. And so for those of you listening or watching, please don't shame yourself thinking, oh my God, I'm doing all these escape activities. No, we all do them. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's important to be honest. And sometimes that act of honesty is just what you need to actually get clarity um, when, when you're struggling. So it's really important to keep that in mind when you start doing it. And also for those of you who are not used to doing it, start small. You start small. You don't have to you know, accomplish the world and create a big old morning routine. Maybe your self-care is going to be for two minutes in the morning. I'm just going to have my coffee and not look at my phone. Boom. That's your self-care. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the difference between uh, like three people versus 300. <laughs> three people at the gym. Like, do we really take care of ourselves? People say, yeah, we do. And, you know, go to the gym for, uh, and three people show up. So I love that. Yes. Are you telling the the person to go away? Yes, I, I asked the vacuum person to hold. <laughs> I got her attention. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was like, he's like wildly, for those of you that are listening to this on the podcast later, he's like wildly yeah. saying, get out of here. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going and I'm going to apologize and thank her for for doing that after this but no it, it's just important to be honest with yourself when it comes to this and what i found is that when you start doing that it makes it much easier to navigate whatever it is that you're doing and i think it's important to do both you know tonight um i even though i got back from jamaica you know i had to go back to work today deal with all these emails tonight i'm going to the gym to work out even if it's late i'm going to do what i got to do at the gym because that's my self-care and it's important for me to get back in the gym because i've been hanging out in jamaica for the week which was self-care in a sense but also escaping in a lot of ways too <laughs> Yeah. I, and I like the, what you said about escaping versus self-care. I mean, I know we touched a little bit when I, I talked about, you know, having that bottle of wine with your friends as an escape, but 
I'm thinking mentally thinking of what else I do to escape for me. It's actually reading romance novels. I escape. And I didn't think of that because you know what, if you don't look at my Kindle, do not look at my Kindle right now because I'm telling you it's, it's loaded and it's not reality based because no matter what, okay. No one that that's just not real. There's just, no way that shit's real. <laughs> White Knight comes charging in and saves the day. Gives multiple orgasms and away you go. That's just not how life is. Oh, it doesn't work like that? <laughs> and yes, I said this. And this is going on Roku. So yeah, I just said that. You totally said that. And <laughs> I'm loving this interview. Thank you so much, by the way. Um, you know, let, let, me, let me say this, though. One person's self-care might be another person's escape activity. It's completely subjective. Let me give you an example. Going for walks. Love them. So, yeah, going for a walk is exercise. You know, you get some fresh air and, and do some self-care. But if I start going for walks every hour because i just need to get out of a situation i might be escaping you know let me go into my fantasy world so the key is to realize you can't compare it to anyone else and for someone else honestly they might say you know what romance novels are my self-care because it allows me to visualize what i want in a relationship Ooh, that's interesting you know so it depends on who you talk to yes i'm promoting these romance novels here yes everyone that's self-care here that's the takeaway Start reading romance. <laughs> See, not only you can visualize the man or woman that you want, what they do, the activities that you'll do, <laughs> multiple activities. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. With that, I'm just going to take a 30 second break here. Just one moment here. I just have to give a shout out to our next sponsor, Carrie uh, Petroche, who is our um, master relationship coach. And, you know, have you heard any of the following things? Have you even said this about your partner or your spouse? My partner never listens to me and we argue all the time. My partner always has to be right and everything is always my fault. Our relationship is boring. My partner doesn't trust me and we fight over money all the time. We never agree on how to raise the kids. If any of this sounds familiar, you as a couple have the power to change your relationship and create more joy and intimacy. Please visit highestintentcoach.com where you can find links of Carrie's book, the course and appointments to schedule a private conversation. Just for visiting her website, you can download her free fun offering of 50 things that couples can do for fun. We have the tools to help you as a couple to help yourselves come and discover and find your power. Oh my God. That was a great lead in to what we were just discussing about romance novels and having a good time with your spouse. So, yes. Well, can I, can I say this though? Yes. It actually got me thinking about something else. Oh, I love it. Mental <laughs> health challenges and people challenges go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. can't have one without the other. And whether it's a romantic relationship or someone at work or a family member, our relationships affect our mental health. They really do. And one of the lessons that I've learned and that I share in my company all the time is navigating relationships with expectations, with boundaries, surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, you know, go back to coping ahead. I have some people in my life that I'm, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to talk bad about them, but I'm going to say that I interpret their behavior as what we call narcissistic. Okay. So I'm not going to say they're a narcissist. That's my interpretation. They might be an angel to someone else. And for that personality type, if that's someone you experience, that can be really difficult. It can be very draining. It can be emotionally abusive. So I realized that there'd be certain people I had to just, I couldn't get away from them because of work and how things work. I had to just see them no matter what. So I'm stuck with them. And what I did is researched things to say to someone you might interpret to be a narcissist to shut down the conversation. So before I see these people, I have scripts in my phone that I actually review to shut down manipulative conversations. Now, here's the best part about it. It's been really awkward because they don't know what to say to me now. It's just like they can't do the manipulation thing and it's helping my mental health. So I'm setting the boundaries there. So that's an example of what I've learned about with being proactive. Another example is spending time with friends, especially as adults, uh, going out on what I call platonic playdates. You know, I had to say it like that because if, you, if I just say playdates, people think, you know, we're back to the other conversation. But the thing is, you know, going going out with a friend, you know, I have a wonderful friend that you've had on your show who actually recommended me, Susan Combs. Oh, yes. Roger. Susan is one of my best friends. She is just, she has been an inspiration to me, a support and just a source of positive energy. She did the nicest thing for me. I'm going to get emotional as I say it. She invited me to Thanksgiving this past year. Oh. I got to spend that with, with her family. And so, you know, she is a, an example of a good friend. And if you haven't listened or watched her episode, please, please, please watch it. Um, really good stuff there. But being intentional about those relationships. And one thing I realized, I actually said this to Susan about, I guess, about six months ago. I said, you know, we're great friends, but I don't see you enough. Like, it's like we get too busy and stuff. I need to start prioritizing this more because this is a great relationship. So whatever we got to do to get on each other's schedule, I'm usually the problem, by the way. I will say that for the record. So that, that's an example of what you can also do for your mental health. I absolutely love that. And you're right. Susan is absolutely freaking amazing. And I need to get to New York and we all need to hang out together. We need to do that. We, we, oh my God. Could you imagine the three of us sitting on the town? <laughs> New York will never be the same again. Where you all can come to Canada and we can just shake Canada up a bit. Uh, but I like what you said about expectations in relationships. Um, expectations are the mother of all evil in my opinion just my opinion um because when i have an expectation about how i think my husband should feel or think or do things it backfires on me and not just my husband any relationship that i have um you know and when i put start putting those even on myself when i start putting those expectations onto somebody it's never good um, and I like that you said that that could definitely lead to our mental health issues because it's true. We, we have, I've had a mental breakdown. I don't know. I don't know. When you said the whole anger thing, I have actually gotten to the point where I, it feels like I have an, I'm outside of my body. It's happened twice in my life. And it was with the relationship that was mer uh, verbally and mentally abusive and my husband did something and I just lost it. I, there's only so many times you can ask a person to do something before you just absolutely lose it. And I'm really calm and collective normally. I'm not, I'm not a bitch, raising bitch, but there was just something that just sent me off. And when 
I went into that anger mode. It's just like I was yelling and screaming and I was literally outside of my body. It felt like that. Uh, so I get those expectations on how they can drain relationships and, and things like that. Uh, I, when you said that, I was just like light bulb moment. Yeah. Well, a lot of it, what, what I found, one of my friends taught me that when, and this, this is my friend Jason, he said, when you clear up expectations on the front end, you avoid problems on the back end. And I realized how many times I don't do that. And, you know, a classic example is like, you know, um, I can't stand that you keep doing something. So I finally confront you and I explode with anger. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to make up a hypothetical story. May, may, may I make up a hypothetical story? Absolutely. About you? Not a true story. So those of you that are listening, this did not happen. I'm just making up a story here. Okay. Let's just say hypothetically, like we live near each other and we we're like, okay, we should start going to Starbucks like every other week on Friday. Right. I could totally see us doing that. And we go to Starbucks and every time we sit down, you know, Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? hypothetically, I'm joking here, you start picking your nose, okay? And I get uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, so, so, yeah, bear with me here. So so I get uncomfortable. It's like, you know, you got to do your thing. And, you know, I keep going to Starbucks with you, but it's like, oh, gosh, okay, okay, I don't know what to do. She's going to do it again. And each time we sit down, you, you know, so I go to Susan. I go to Susan. I says, Susan, I need to talk to you. She's a good friend. She'll pick up the phone for me. <laughs> I say, listen, I love Dorothy. She's awesome. You know, I... I, I like going to coffee, but she keeps picking her nose. Susan will probably tell me, Mike, just talk to her. Just be direct, right? So the next time we sit down to coffee, I see your fingers start to go for the nose. I say, wait, hold on, Dorothy. Hold on. I, I do the proper thing of I feel uncomfortable when when you start digging for gold like that, right? No, right. I can see. I can see. Hold on. <laughs> This is actually a recorded podcast, by the way. And, this and is, yes. <laughs> what I was going to say is, knowing you and knowing our interactions so far, you'd be like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. It's a bad habit of mine. Worst comes to worst, you'll have to sit on your hands, right? You'll have to sit on your hands. But at some level, you're going to think in your mind, why didn't he tell me in the first place? And that will actually breed distrust because I didn't confront that initially. So sometimes when we have an expectation that we don't say, we don't confront it. We actually breed distrust because we didn't confront it right away because, you know, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or whatever. So I, that's a balance that I'm learning to strike in my life. And I, I fail at this all the time, by the way. That's just why I'm bringing it up of confronting things immediately so I can clarify expectations if I need to. I love that you said that. And okay, so this has been my learning lesson for the last six months at work. Because, you know, I get into this thing where I ask people to do something, they don't do it. And then they do it incorrectly. And instead of just telling them that they did it incorrectly, I just fix it. And here I am six months later, and the shit's still not fixed. And I can't, I get mad at them. Meanwhile, it's me that I should be mad at because I didn't bring it to their attention that for six months they've been doing it wrong. And I actually wrote an email out to the one lady and I said, Okay, I can't keep fixing your screw ups. Can you please just fix it? And she goes, Well, why didn't you tell me ahead of time? And I took 100% ownership of it and I said, You're right. I'm sorry. I enabled you and I'm terribly sorry that for six months I've been over here frustrated, pissed off and they can't they do anything right. And you had no idea. And I truly apologize to you for even bringing that into our space. 
And so, you know, just lately, I've uh, been telling the executive assistant because she wants to help in so many ways. I'm like, okay, you seriously have been doing this wrong and this is how you do it right. And this is, you know, I put things and structures in place for her and she feels like a damn failure. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There is none of that in, in my space. It's just a mistake and we'll rectify it. And, and, you know, it's good to go. But I, I, it's funny that you brought that up tonight because I've been really working and being intentional instead of just fixing it because I was a control freak and just fixed it. Yes, certified recovering control freak. Me too. So. (laughs) (laughs) Both of us. Well, you know, there's this book I'm just going to recommend for anyone listening or watching out there who has to delegate called If You Want It Done Right, Don't Do It Yourself. Um, And it's a story of two brothers, actually. One works on one floor. The other works on the other floor. And one gets out at five o'clock every day. Everybody gets stuff done. The other one. You know, nobody gets stuff done. I got to I got to fix everything. And one of the lessons I learned about delegation that really hit me hard is that oftentimes the miscommunication is actually on the front end with what I communicate. And so I've been learning with my team and my executive assistant when I ask something, can you repeat that back to me just to make sure that I said it the right way? Because I'm not sure if I was clear. So it puts it all on me. And it's amazing how many times they repeat it back to me. It was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Let, let, me, let me say it again. And the other thing is getting them to evaluate not their uh, result, but how did I do with delegating this to you? They have to evaluate me. Oh, it gets real. It gets real. And I, I have learned that on my team, you know, I, I, I love my team. I've got such a great team. I'm the problem on the team. I'm the biggest problem on the team. But you've a admitted it. That's half the problem, right there. We're now in we're now in an AA meeting about it. So we're good. Well, we've gone through a lot. We've gone through a lot. I mean, we we've gone through the expectations. We we've gone through the self care. Self care is different for everybody. I know, like a lot, like you said, and I love that because everybody's like, oh, why don't you just take a nice bath and relax. The last thing I want to freaking do in this world is take a bath. I think I'm the only female in the world that hates baths. Like, seriously, give me a shower, throw me in a tub, like in a in a hot tub or a pool, but not in a regular tub to just sit there and relax. I can't do it. Can't do it. Well, you know, self-care, here's some self-care that all of you can do right now, actually, as you're listening or watching. You can be busy. You cannot be busy. Is asking yourself three questions. Um, and I challenge you to ask yourself right now as I'm saying this, what is, what am I feeling? And then just take a moment to ask that. You might not know the answer and that's okay. But just having awareness around that you're feeling something is gonna help you. The next question, where is it located in my body? There's this book called The Body Keeps the Score that has taken over the world of mental health and learning to locate it. So let's just say you're going through your day, you're feeling a little stressed about something, you don't know what it is. What am I feeling? I don't know, I'm just angry. Where's it located in my stomach? Asking those two questions might actually calm you down. But the third question is my favorite is, what do I need right now? Maybe you need a glass of water. Maybe you need a hug. Maybe you need to get off the computer. Whatever it is, what am I feeling? Where is it located in my body? And what do I need right now? You can do self-care whenever, wherever, no matter how busy you are. Absolutely. And I love that. And I love the fact that you brought up Starbucks because I... I'm going to tell you one thing. I have a secret obsession with their vanilla or with their green tea 
uh, matcha green tea lattes, sugar-free vanilla instead of regular cane, and almond milk instead of regular milk. My husband thinks I'm a freaking dork. He goes, I can't believe that you change all that. And I'm just letting you know right now, if you're part of their star program, on your birthday, you get a drink for free. I uh, realized yesterday that I need to uh, start using my app more for Starbucks. And I'm just going to say this to all of you listening. A great way to nurture a relationship with me is a venti blonde roast coffee from Starbucks. <laughs> it's a great way to nurture a relationship with me. <laughs> uh, is venti blonde what? Blonde roast. Roast. I don't even know if they have that in Canada. Oh, we'll find out. Yeah. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to make sure that they have it for when you come to Canada. Yes. <laughs> if they don't, I can't come. You know. <laughs> we'll find it somewhere. Yeah. Come down for the golf tournament. We'd love to have you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, another thing, though, I did want to bring up, though, is um, meditation. Mm, yes. And this is a weird word for people because people go, okay, uh, what is that? You know, and a lot of people associate it with something spiritual, which it can be. Some people say, okay, that's impossible for me. I can't concentrate. And I just want to explain what meditation is. It's just, you know, focusing on something. Um, and tr or, or trying to focus on something. And I meditate now twice a day for 20 minutes. And this is a habit I've had to cultivate over time. But focus, every time I meditate, goes out the room in like 30 seconds. I start thinking about hamburgers or whatever it is that I start thinking about, right? Like McDonald's or whatever. And so, so the thing is, um, in our world that's so busy, 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 where um, if you're watching this, I'm picking up my mobile device, getting notifications left and right, just taking a few minutes to actually just shut your eyes and just sit there and do nothing is so good for the brain. And we just never do that. You don't need a lot of time for it. You can do it in two minutes. Go sit outside. I'm just going to sit outside and just close my eyes for two minutes. Set, set your alarm and just do that. It can really help get you through a difficult day, especially if you work a very busy job, like if you're a nurse or a frontline worker in some way, shape, or form. I love that you said that. I start my morning with 10 minutes of meditation. What kind of meditation do you do? Tell me. <laughs> well, I set my timer and I just sit there and allow whatever's supposed to come through to come through. However, I'm having a problem lately. I'm having a real big problem lately. I can't get this thing to shut off. So there is, let me see if I can find my phone. There is, um, some somebody sent me and I've when I actually use it it does work <laughs> but you know I have to be able to bring it up and use it hold on let me find it um it's like dongs and it goes off for five bucks <laughs> for five minutes it's oh Dorothy oh my gosh <laughs> This this, this 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 train is just flying off the tracks here. Well, five minutes of mindful meditation, the med mindful bell. Oh, you can't see that. It's the mindfulness bell. Okay. Volume one. Am, am I allowed to to mention a product now? Yes. Yes. So uh, this is the first time I'm doing this, and we're like eighty percent done, but it's there. My company, Be Emotionally Well, is our tagline, but we just uh, launched an app actually the other day called Relax and Be Emotionally Well. It's a meditation app. And it's designed with meditations that are inclusive, trauma-sensitive, 
and use transformational language. So they're very intentionally done um, with uh, what we call binaural beats to really relax you. Uh, the challenge on the team with these meditations is no one wants to like listen to review them because you start passing out and you don't want to do your work because they really relax. So I invite you again. I think you get like two weeks free in the uh, iPhone store and we're working it to get it into the Google Play Store. Again, this is totally unexpected that I had this moment to share about it, but you brought it up. And so, <clears throat> and we're also gonna have a feature on there soon with those three questions that I told you about. You can ask yourself and make some notes with what's going on. I love all of that. Uh, there's actually different meditations that I do listen to. That one, if I just wanna get into the zone and, and clear the head, that's what I do. But then if I want to, Jack Canfield has a meditation too that he does and I listen to him and now I'm just listening to Amanda Francis as well but now I'll have to get your app and listen to yours too so yes and it's not my voice I'm sorry to say it's oh. actually um, a a uh, British British bodybuilder uh, named Tobias Stone uh, who's uh, become my friend and and he oh. is uh, doing a lot of the meditations and his voice just like, yeah, it just knocks you out. It it goes right with the romance novels, you know. You I was just, gonna say, uh, I could just, I could just hear this. Hello, a guy with an accent. <laughs> so yes, I don't, I don't know if that's self care or escape for you using my app. I just want to say that right now for the record. <laughs> well, we can escape into the meditation. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so hilarious. Oh. My gosh. Watch this be the only episode my husband watches. <laughs> that would be cool. Oh, Mike, I love everything that you just said. My Relax app. I'm going to put that in the comments here. I'll put it in the regular comments instead of the private comments. But get this app today. You got to go listen to Tyus's voice. Yes, and 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 you're gonna have to possibly find it in the app store because we don't have it linked up yet because we're still like you know eighty percent of the way there. But I'm just putting it out there right now. Just you'll find it if you type my name in the Apple App Store, it'll come up and you'll you'll be able to get it. Well, there we go. We'll have to go check this out. <laughs> we'll have some medica meditation and self care, everything all at once. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, like normally we would have Kimberly come on the show and do the uh, fundamentals. See, I can't even think right now because, you know, we've just been having so much fun here. Um, and unfortunately, she's not well tonight. So we'll, we'll go through the through. What would you say would be your three key fundamentals? Uh, one is just being intentional about self-care. Um, on a daily basis, creating some kind of plan for yourself. And a real fast way to do that for yourself is to um, create a morning routine or ritual for yourself and an evening ritual, a workday startup ritual, and a workday shutdown ritual. Here's how simple it can be. When the pandemic started and I was working at home all the time, figuring out how to separate work from play, I did this thing at the end of the workday that just changed my life. I would actually just clean off my desk and take the chair and roll it under the desk. That was the ritual in my mind. The workday is over now. So that's how simple it can be. Um, another fundamental is starting to try meditation, you know, explore it with a different app to relax and be emotionally well. There's calm, there's headspace, there's free YouTube videos, or just close your eyes. That's totally fine too. It doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong in it. And guess what? You don't have to shut your brain off. It's not about that. 
It's about just trying to focus. So allow your brain to do whatever it wants and be gentle with it. That's really the key. It's just be gentle. It doesn't have to be perfect. And finally, exploring therapy and counseling. And I want to bring this up last because um, it's something we didn't get to talk about. A lot of times people think therapy and counseling is like the place you go to when you're struggling, which yes, you should, but it's actually a place you go to for self-discovery. There's what you know about yourself and what you don't know about yourself. But what therapy and counseling do is they allow you to learn what you didn't know that you didn't even realize that you didn't know about yourself because you cannot do it on your own. So I really encourage you, if you've never done it before, to explore it. If you have done it before and you're listening or watching and saying, okay, that's great, Mike, but I don't want to have to go share my whole story again. If you're saying that to yourself, that's usually a sign that you need to share your whole story again. So I encourage you to do that as well. All right. And that's why we're here, because we give you the platform to be able to share your story. Yeah. I love that. I love everything that you said about that. And I never thought of having those different rituals. Mm-mm-mm. Something that I'm another thing I'm gonna have to put in place. You ever notice that life can sometimes be just one lo- giant laundry box of check marks? Yes, it, <laughs> it can be. It can be. And you know, that's that's a thing that in, in our society that we're in in this world. You know, again, our brains are just going, going, going. So part of the mental health challenges that people are experiencing, yes, you know, we're talking about stuff more and people have depression and anxiety, but it's just how we live and learning to be disciplined enough to just pause and get away from that stuff and not use check marks. Because honestly, one of the greatest uh, drugs for escaping that people don't ever talk about is success. Hmm. I've never heard that till right now. Right. And because we reward it, you put that hustle hashtag, look at you, all the stuff you're doing. But you know, what? a lot of times, those of us who are high achievers, we're, we're using that to escape and we're not admitting that, you know, so. That is what I did when I was with my other relationship. Yes, because it was verbally, mentally abusive. So to, in order to escape and not have to go home, because if you're at work, then you don't have to go home. Right. Right. And, and at the same time, you're achieving stuff, so it's rewarded. So it's just important to keep that in mind that having a good work ethic is great. Having goals, it's so important to have. But when that becomes an addiction, it's important to have someone in your life to help you see that, like a therapist or counselor. Mm, now you have my mind really going like it wasn't going before. We'll just keep the podcast going, by the way. Don't, don't, don't stop yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Exactly. Uh, well, this this has been such an amazing. I knew this was going to be a great conversation because I don't know you and I hit it off really well during the pre-interview, and I can see we're going to be lifelong friends for sure. I do. Um, absolutely. Actually, yes. I need to get to New York for a couple of different reasons, but I gotta go see you and uh, Susan for, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. And thank you to your listeners and your viewers out there for taking the time to hang out with us during this uh, very unique conversation. (laughs) Yes, we never knew where it was going to go. Go check Mike out at MikeVinny.com or his app, MyRelax.app, and check him out fully. Get some self-care going on and really embrace yourself, embrace those emotions. That's what I really got um, out of our our talk today. Um, You know, not making your emotions feel, not making anything feel bad. Like if you're in in anger or things like that, it's not a bad thing. Uh, And don't make yourself wrong for it. Um, 
And if you're just tuning in now, <laughs> well, wait a minute, because this will be on the replay as soon as this is done, and then you can go back and watch it. Um, and so, you know, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. Thank you so much for our, our listeners th that are here today. And if you're catching this on the replay, definitely in the comments put, you know, hashtag replay. But there's something else. I So I made this new tag, this hashtag, like less than two months ago. And the hashtag is healed is sexy. Uh, I know you like that, eh? We actually, I came up with that on our power half hour with our sex therapist that was on there. And she, we were talking about, you know, she just loved how you could definitely, she could definitely tell like when a man was healed. Right. And, and stuff like that. And I'm like, and I'm a huge mental health advocate um, and as well as a veteran advocate. So, you know, to me, those things go hand in hand a lot of times. And so I'm like, and that's what I love talking about because I, I feel that if we were all healed emotionally and, and mentally and spiritually, could you imagine the freaking world the way it would be instead of the way it is right now? And so that's why I came up with the hashtag healed is sexy. So like, yeah, I'm going to get shirts with that on the shirts. I want one. I will rock that shirt in the gym. Oh, brother. And maybe hashtag heal the sexy on the front and on the back, unstoppable overcomer. I tr trademark it right after we're done. <laughs> I'm trademark. It's trademark. Yes, exactly. Oh my God. So yeah, that's what we'll do. Okay, we'll start making them. We'll crank them out. So I got my friend's approval here. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys our last sponsor tonight's show we just want to thank um all of you who are making the second annual don graham memorial fun golf classic a success that is going to be august 19th in tilbury ontario at the tilbury golf club um uh, middle side road in tilbury so if you are interested it includes 18 holes your steak dinner Tons of fun. I will be there. My family will be there. Get registered today at registerdgm at gmail.com. And I promise you, we will have a ton of fun. Um, and we will be golfing for a great cause. All the proceeds will be going to the Chen Kent Peer Support Group, uh, Cancer Support Group, uh, in honor of my father. So with that, thank you again so much, Mike. Uh, like I said, this is going to be like a lifelong friendship and I can't wait. We'll have to have you come back another time. I would love that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Remember guys, be unstoppable on all that you do and see you same time, same channel next week. Bye for now. <laughs>